All right, we are lit, good sir. Beautiful people, I am back. I know y'all miss me. It was uh, so tough. Actually, y'all don't even have to deal uh, with me. So lucky y'all. Um, uh, <laughs> this week, uh, <laughs> we are joined by our lovely guest, uh, Ms. Shade McCallum. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Um, this fun. week, we have a dope show lined up for you guys. We're going to be talking about, uh, I think, what was it? Last episode. Miss Glamazon Tayomi referred to something as the white male gaze. So we are going to be getting into that, how it kind of defines or how it kind of affects our culture. Um, and so we're also going to be talking about Lovecraft Country, America's new hottest show. That Mike don't <laughs> like. <laughs> no, I'm not going to boo the show. I'm not going to boo the show. Oh, rest in peace to the Black Panther. Oh, man. Oh. Mm. So sad. Terrible. Um, wow. But yeah, man. It's gonna be a dope show. I'm glad to be back with y'all. Sorry, I keep departing, being sick. No COVID. Well, you though. got a haircut before you came back. Man, you must be crazy, man. I've, I've had three COVID tests, none of them positive. It's the most Thank miserable God. experience in the world. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, um, did they hit you with the uh, saliva test, or did they had to scrape your nose up every time? Nah, bro, they've been scraping my brain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm no math no more. Bro. Yeah, super uncomfortable. Um. So yeah, man, you want to get into the Patreon? Since you don't talk yeah, about man. it. Yeah, man. We're gonna try the Patreon real quick. Shout out to everybody <laughs> joining us. Rosella with the cacao. What's happening? Rosella. Cacao. Kendall, Bunner here. You know, we love y'all. We miss y'all. We are very thankful that Will is back and safe. We've been praying for him. Um, so I was gonna have to find a new co-host, y'all. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was on I put out a <laughs> I put out a cert. I put out a call to act. <laughs> you would have had to buy me out of my contract first. But I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> I hear you. Here you your five dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, we're gonna shout out this Patreon. If y'all want to love on us more than you already have, which y'all already love on us immensely, and we definitely appreciate it. If you want to show you more love, first of all, shout out to all the patients that's already on there. Um, we have built up enough money to help us pay for our producer, who y'all will hear from later on because he got a lot to say about this y'all going love car country. Y'all gonna hear from <laughs> later. But in the meantime, um, thank y'all so much for already donating as much as you already have. If you would like to donate to us for as little as five dollars or even less than that, you can pick your own price. We don't matter, we don't care. Um, a dollar, two dollars, five hundred dollars, whatever you got on you, you know what I'm saying? Just throw it in there. Help us thrive, help us thrive. And um, yeah, man, just just let us keep growing. We get as you can see, we're getting bigger and bigger guests. We're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for Miss Shade for coming by. Uh, shout out to Tyoma for coming by last time. Uh, we're gonna keep popping, man. We're gonna keep going until we get, I don't know, who who are you trying to get on here? We'll get um, Obama on the show next. That's the, I mean, like we just hit him up real quick. See what he's doing. See if he want to stop by. But um, yeah, man, thank y'all so much for all the love. Kendall, love your brother. Uh, thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. But yeah, patreon.com slash cultivated ignorance. Hit us up. Word. Yeah. So, Miss uh, Shade, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. I'm fine. That's good. That's good. Um. 
can you kind of speak on, I guess, a little bit about yourself, um, what you've done, I guess, in the beauty industry and uh, your general, I guess, experience, you know, as a dark skin model in South Carolina? See, you asked me too much at one time. <laughs> well, what's your, first of all, you want to give a little background on yourself, uh, what you do, all that good stuff. You can just start with that. Okay. Well, I'm a model, of course, and a social media influencer. I'm a poet. I'm a singer. I dance. I act. Child, I can paint your card. All right, let me stop. But I do oh, some everything. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. So how long have you been in the, I guess you could say beauty industry? I don't know you've been in commercials, you've been in New York Fashion Week. Like how long have you been modeling and stuff? Um, I took modeling classes about two years ago, maybe. And I started modeling last year in January. So it's been a little over a year and a half now. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I thought that you've been out here for like years. I thought you've been out here just... <laughs> you following that you built up for yourself. Since how do you have you have you kind of accumulated this following? Is people just kind of naturally gravitated towards you, or yeah, pretty much. Like just certain pictures go viral. I get reposted by big pages. Somebody reposted me on Twitter, and I got fifteen thousand followers off of that. Auto, like automatically, so it just happened. Yeah, people popping out in these streets. <laughs> we see, we see. So. What has been like your general experience as a dark skin model in the beauty industry, whether here in South Carolina or in the LOU model in LA? Oh, she already hit the eye rolls. This ain't good. <laughs> Go ahead. Get all your feelings out. Go ahead. Ain't nobody gonna see this. Well, they might see it. I don't wanna lie to you. <laughs> um, as a dark skin model, I feel like for the most part I've been fetishized because my counterparts, white girls, they are always in, but everybody else that's like a non-white like person of color, they are in at a certain point. And right now, dark-skinned women are in. So that kind of makes it hard for me because people will say things like, oh my God, I would love to work with you. And then they say things like, oh, you just so chocolate, like I'm a piece of food and things like that. Like, it's I'm like, really huh? Coming. Like, <laughs> it's so cringy. Like, it really is. And people don't take into account, like, things like that are not okay. But you just kind of grin and bear it, like, eh. And, like, pass it because you have a job to do. Um, but I say here, being a dark-skinned model in South Carolina, um, I haven't seen many, honestly. And I feel like... I've been kind of paving the way and after I've done some of the things that I've been doing I started seeing a lot more dark skin you know models so I'm happy to be an example um and in LA on the sets that I've been on I've seen a couple it's been me and like two other people and we looking at each other like girl why they got us here but you know that's just a part of the job you just <laughs> just do it Dang. Um, what was I about to say? Oh, so I don't know if you saw this thing. I think it was a, I think it was Vogue or some magazine that shoots, you know, real famous magazine. Um, and there was a complaint that they uh, shoot black women, especially darker women, 
extremely poorly, like poor lighting, um, kind of making their skin, you know, kind of dead, making their skin kind of dead looking. Does that does that happen to you or is that something you've experienced or what are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, I, I've only had that happen one time and I've done a lot of shoots. So I'm really grateful I haven't had to have that experience. And it was only because um, I was shooting with a girl that was light skinned and he only edited the pictures to suit her and it made me look ashy. But for the most part, everybody that I've worked with had like they know how to edit and how to shoot for my skin tone. Okay. Do you think that is a do you think that's a problem within the industry? Not people not knowing how to shoot darker skinned women? Or do you think that's just an isolated incident with that magazine? Um, I definitely think that that's a thing. Like, I'm just one of those people who happen to be fortunate enough to get good photographers who know how to work with a broad range of skin tones. But some of my friends will send me stuff and I'm just looking on my explore page and I'm like, wait a minute, that that's not right. Like it just it happens too much for it to be an isolated incident. And there are a lot of times when I see things um, when models post conversations that they've had in the DMs with photographers and their muses. So it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, I want one more follow-up question to that. So do you think that is, do you think that they don't know how to shoot the skin tone properly? Or is it that they have a, I guess, different definition of how dark skin, uh, beauty is translated to the to the public if you understand what i'm saying explain that a little more the last i guess i guess my thought process is do you think that um they don't know how to shoot dark-skinned women or is it that they think that that actually looks good in some kind of way oh no they don't think that looks good um i really think it's just there's no way, like, because if they, if I look like that in person, that what would they say? Like, why do you look like that? Or you look ashy, or I think you should put on some lotion. No, <laughs> they just don't know. I got you. So you see that it's still like the ongoing problem? Or do you see it getting better? And in regard to that, do you see yourself and other models like you able to speak up about that a lot more? Or do y'all just kind of have to play the game so y'all hopefully get what you want? Um, well, some of the people or the photographers that I've worked with, they do classes, which I'm so grateful for. And a lot of them do really, really well. They get a lot of students in there. And I think that's great. So there's a lot of people that are willing to learn. And I wish that there were more people out there to teach. Um, but I don't, I don't think that it's always easy for models to talk about, you know, these things like just in general but that in particular someone like me yes because I have a big following and people are gonna support me regardless but the girl who only has 500 followers and she's trying to build her portfolio is not someone who could easily say something about someone she's worked with you know um because that's just the end of it for her more more than likely I have a question about the like model agencies like so as a promoter, I hear a lot of times about artists paying to be in shows, and that sounds super strange to me. Like, unless 
I like I really can't think of too many scenarios where somebody should have to pay to be in a show performing to somebody else's show. But I heard a lot about model agencies. Of course, you have to pay for their services. But like, how do y'all kind of navigate what's like actual value with that versus getting ripped off? Like, do you, do a lot of these model agencies kind of rip off models to kind of promise an opportunity they never fulfill on, or like, how does that industry kind of fare in your opinion? Um. I definitely think it's like 50-50, which is why I went so long, like without being signed, because I definitely could have got signed immediately. And I've had a lot of offers, but some of them, I just looked at what they were offering me versus the people they've worked with, their other models and what their models were doing. And some of them weren't doing anything. So I was like, no, that's not it. Um, I definitely think that some of them do offer things that they can't live up to and others they definitely do which is why I signed with who I signed with do you have any particular advice you would give the other black uh, models and they were navigating that whole thing because you try to give people something to come away with you know we got all these fine ass models watching our show every every you know every Thursday you know what I mean so any kind of advice you would give them for helping helping them kind of decipher through that um Honestly, if you guys ever have any questions, my DMs are always open. I'm not as mean or as intimidating as I look. You can always ask me. I will tell you if something is legit or not. And if you don't think it is, it's probably not. Do your research on these people. Um, like, ask questions, email them, ask them all the questions that you want. And if they get tired of it, that's a sign. Um, look at their rosters. You can always go on the website, look at the roster, who's up there, and DM those models or email them and ask them questions about their experiences. Read everything. Like, And if you just don't feel right about it, then go somewhere else, look elsewhere. There are like so many agencies out there for you. And it just, sometimes it takes a little time. I would caution against signing with the first person just because you're anxious to be signed. Because those contracts last. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be locked for life in the, in the damn um, death row situation or something. Oh Lord, like vanilla ice hung over the side of the balcony. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I can definitely speak like Sade is very, very dope, very, very nice. Um, she is definitely telling the truth. I love that I always see you celebrating other models as well. Um, I think that people like to think that models are in constant competition with one another, just like, you know, rappers or anybody trying to get on. We like to think that we got to get over on other people, get on ourselves. But I can definitely say for you, you definitely constantly shout out other people, as well as us, as well as me and my shows. And I appreciate you for that. Um, shout out is dope as hell. So hit her up on her DMs. We're going to shout out her information a little, a little later in the show. But yeah, just know that. So, yeah, man, we're going to get into this white gaze. or we said, I put male gaze because I didn't want to put, like, white male <laughs> white male gaze on the promo and everything. Because you told me I've been doing a little extra with the white shit. You scared to speak your mind? No, nah, bro, when I put the attack of the whites thing, you, you was like, oh, bro, I don't know about that. That was a little divisive right there. Attack of the whites. Trying to cage me up. So, yeah, Mike, if you don't mind explaining, uh, well... At least going back to, I remember I was watching an episode with Glamazon Tayomi, and she was saying mm -hmm. that so many things affect, uh, I'm sorry, the white male gaze affects different aspects of our life. And I think she was specifically talking about the porn industry um, at yeah. the time. 
Yeah. But I think it's important to to state that it does affect us in other ways um, mm-hmm. as well. And so I just kind of wanted to go through, especially with you, uh, Shade, because I'm sure that the the white male gaze or however white men view, you know, beauty or whatever, I, I'm sure it has some kind of uh, factor in model, the modeling industry itself. Um, so I just wanted to open up a conversation and say, how do we really define the, whale, the white male gaze? I'll start- uh, you Okay, well, it is your topic. Um, I'll start with the Wikipedia definition. Um, <laughs> what the? I, I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, I figured okay, that'd be a good launching point. Um, sure. <laughs> says in feminist theory, the male gaze is the act of depicting women in the world, in the visual arts and literature form, a masculine heterosexual perspective that presents and represents women as sexual objects for the pleasure of the male viewer. You think that's true? I'll let y'all go from there. <laughs> I mean, split, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you think it affects uh, black women more than it affects white women? Or you think it just affects it all the same? Um, I definitely think that it affects black women more because the white woman is considered the prototype. So we're trying to do all these things to make ourselves look that way in order to be seen as acceptable. And it's been that way for for like years, like under slavery and, you know, segregation and all those things. It's been very prevalent with the straightening of the hair, bleaching skin, all of those things. So, uh, I guess with your, I guess, I don't know if this is how you always look or, but how does the, your current aesthetic, like the Afro and the, the, uh, the hair tie and all this other stuff, you know, how does that affect your, uh, modeling? Does it, do you think it limits you from some kind of opportunities or? Um, no, I don't. I do actually you know, rock Afrocentric hairstyles all the time. And I was told as a model, you shouldn't wear wigs, right? So whenever I send pictures for castings, I always like just bare, I'm natural, my hair is short. But whenever I go to castings, they ask me to put on the wig. Like being myself and showing my true beauty is what attracts people to me. So for some reason, I seem to be the one that's an anomaly. Um, I don't have to buy into those standards when it comes to hair, but when it comes to some other things, yes. I got you. What you think, Mike? Um, so, so Dom's back at it. Like, oh like I know God, no! We're gonna read one comment because this kind of speaks to my whole point. He said Americans are a little short-sighted. Beauty standards change with demographics. In Nigeria, the largest market is black people. Uh, economics teaches that we appeal to what is the largest market. It's less about racism and more about economics. I think that's kind of what we're saying. Like when largely white people control the economy here in America, um, naturally, like white beauty standards would kind of be the norm or considered the standard. So, like that being said, I mean, we're not, I'm not saying I don't understand where it's coming from, but like it's still a thing. So, yeah, when you see, I always talk about this. When you see the who they like 
you know, the local mag- white magazine things like the most beautiful woman in the world. What was that magazine that made like Jennifer Anderson the most beautiful woman in the world, something like that? You remember what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. It's like you look at her, and not to take anything from Jennifer Anderson, but like you look at her and then look at like the average black woman. Like it's like, what? What? Like who are we talking to? Who are we speaking to right now? And so yeah, of course, there's definitely been that. But my questioning is with more of us as the people building our own platforms that are being immensely, you know, through like somebody like Sade, who has built her own platform on Instagram, TikTok as well, with us having the ability to build our own platforms, do those like large corporations even matter as much as they used to anymore? Because we can just build ourselves up and then celebrate each other to the point that, you know, we know what's up. And are we even looking to these large companies to tell us how we look anymore? Anybody? That was good. Hit it on the head. <laughs> I mean, y'all can do. I don't know if I disagree. I guess y'all agree. But yeah, like I just felt like it's changing. Like the article we had kind of read up for this was like written in 2016. What I think is this whole the whole uprise was kind of taking off. But like at this point, I think there's still people who want to still talk about you know white beauty standards and stuff. But at this point, all I mostly see is just kind of like an oversaturated market of like black this, black that, like black beauty, black love, black couples, black babies, just in my face constantly, 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 just to the point that we, you know, basically mem- memified it. And um, I don't know. So I, I guess the question you try is like still working within the industry, like are you still being told like not to wear your afros in a lot of situations in these like type of LA scenes or are they are they actually lightening up your skin in these photo shoots and stuff in post-production? No, no, no. They never try to um, lighten my skin and they never told me not to wear the afro. Like, if anything, they're like, yes, bring it with you. We want to see that on you. Um, so those are two aspects where I've never had any issues with. It's been like some other things. Yeah, let me just say that. <laughs> mm. Now, you mentioned earlier about black skin being fetishized how do you see this is the whole me and will talk about this all the time that whole dichotomy you face as a black person in america where it's like was well, that racist do they actually love me uh do they have they fetishizing me or do they actually care about me how do you kind of decipher when you get into situations like do they just want me because they just need that token black model should i even care if i do this am i selling out like do you battle with that and how do you kind of come to terms with it um, I definitely do think about stuff like that a lot. Um, before when I was booking my own stuff, I could kind of like feel things out. And being here in South Carolina, for the most part, I always knew like who's gonna be there, and I knew that everybody looked like me. Okay, when I went to LA, like I said, that shoot was a production. That was my first produ- production, and like I said, it was only two other models there that looked like me, and it was like about eight of us like overall so there was nothing I could do because I didn't book it except for just be kind do my job and stay professional but I was thinking like hmm like I wonder why but no one said anything you know about like oh you're so chocolate it was just like you're beautiful we're happy to have you 
And, you know, that was good. That made me feel good. Like I was wanted there because of my beauty and my talent and not just because I was a token and I was dark skinned. But I did realize it was. I was the darkest one there, but they didn't say it. So I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. As long as, basically, as long as they don't say the word chocolate or call you, <laughs> what do they call it, like brown skin, like caramelly and stuff like that. As long as they don't feel <laughs> it's usually straight. Um, you got you want to hit the next thing? Well, the next time, no, you got to go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Um, I was going to speak on like what do y'all think about in terms of the media's portrayal of you know models or black people in their in mostly white, predominantly white productions? Um, what do y'all think about how whenever a black person is featured, um, their kind of proximity to whiteness and whatever they're featured in? Like, I've been struggling with. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm all for interracial love, like you know, it's, it's cool. But like I've been struggling with the fact that it seems like 99% of the time when I watch a movie or a TV show that's predominantly white, if it features like a lead black character, they like have to be like in a relationship with a white person, like, or they have to be best friends with a bunch of white people. Or we just watch Tenet. <laughs> we just watch Tenet. Me and we just watch Tenet, which stars a black dude, but like he's the only <laughs> black dude. <laughs> Like, do y'all see something going on with that? Like, one of my favorite shows, High Maintenance on HBO. It's an amazing show. Um, shout out to Stop Put Me On. But, like, it's a predominantly white show, but, like, they feature all types of diverse couples, queer couples, you know, poly couples, all these people. But there's no, like, black couple. There's always a black person with a white person. And I'm like, what's, up? what's going on, man? It's something, it's just weird, man. I don't know if I'm tripping or what. I feel like I feel like you overdoing it with the tenant friendship and the what's, what's why I'm overdoing it, Will. <laughs> but uh overall in other shows and other media, I, I can see your point. Um I think it's I think a lot of it has to do with just checking boxes. Um, seeing as how we are a minority. It's like, okay, well, this minority might not really be down for this show. So let's go ahead and put this gay dude, this black dude. Let's go ahead and make him gay too. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I ain't want to turn full hotel. I'm not <laughs> to hotel. No, let's go ahead and make him gay. Let's go ahead and give this sister. Let's go ahead and give her. Let's make her a lesbian. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead and put her in a relationship with a Spanish dude. Let's go ahead and knock out all these little check boxes. Good, <laughs> good. Two, kill two birds with one stone, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Shada, do you see that? What we talking about? Or are, you, are we tripping? Yes, definitely. This <laughs> is. Dad said this program and they hit the boxes. Like, yeah, man, like, it's like you have to have an acceptable black person. Like, if y'all, if y'all are fans of the podcast, y'all know me and Will are the, little, are the only two black dudes that love the show called Easy that um, sadly got canceled a while back. But um, it's an amazing show. But what I love about Easy, even though it was predominantly white, well, you remember that one episode, they just had this hood ass black dude. And oh, it wasn't yeah. like. I think it was just niggering out there. He was just nigging out there. <laughs> Turn full, golly, turn full. Um, strong thermos just now. Um, it wasn't like a racist stereotype, but he was just like a real black dude who was just from the hood. It was just like out here, like shit like that. I thought was dope, but for the most part, like the the you show with that um creepy ass Joe dude, like all of the old girl's friends, her black friends were like just like I said the gay black dude and the super light skinned homegirl that was 
And then the black chick that he met was like, she was brown or whatever, but like she was like super aggressive mm-hmm. and like he didn't want to be with her like that. It's just strange, man. I don't, I don't, but I don't know if you should expect any more from these people. I mean, but just like you always say, Mike, like until we, until we have like this overwhelming amount of black media, like we're going to get boxed in like that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it's just, unfortunately, it's something we're going to have to deal with for right now until we create more platforms and more entertainment for ourselves. But, uh, yeah, I feel like we should even keep fighting that, or we should just like, all right, we just, just let them do what they do. Let's just do our own thing. Like, I mean, I think, speak on it I think right now you got to let them do what they do. I mean, we want, we need to create our own thing, but it's like at the same time, like, okay, well, let's feature these people in some kind of way, unfortunately, you know, because <laughs> opportunities, uh, you know, in, in, uh, you know, on our side where if it's full black, it's just not there right now. I, I should have said a better way than full black, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just not there right now. Oh yeah. Uh bro, you ain't get... uh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna um, read all the comments. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay away from comments. I'm gonna say, but I just wanna acknowledge what people are talking. People are gonna just lighten up the comments. We're gonna come back to the comments, y'all. Because Will don't care about y'all like I care about y'all. I do um, care about y'all. No, no, you don't. So I guess what we're gonna we kinda end this section on was um uh, Dexter Charde, another black woman in that maybe in the comments, like, does the media's white male gaze continue to have damaging effects on women of color, or do you even see that as an issue, that big of an issue, the way it's actually hindering your career at this point? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> do you see, like, the whole white male gaze thing do you actually, I mean, we talked about, you know, the ways that it has affected you before, but as of right now, do you feel like the white male gaze still affects, has damaging effects on how you view yourself as well as your career as of right now? Or are you just like, good? Um, I think that it's an on and off thing. Like sometimes I'll be good and other times it's like, mm. so the biggest, I think one of the biggest parts is um, like, body shapes as far as like black women go um Mm. and like men see as acceptable now now our bodies are the trend but at one point in time it wasn't and in the modeling industry that's still the standard you know like the the cardboard box girl and I'm not built like that you know so it's like sometimes it does play like oh my God, it really gets me because I'm like, well, dang. And they'll be like, yeah, I want you to do a bathing suit. And I'm like, what? Like, you want me You want me to do this? Like, do you know what I look like? You know, I'm small, but I'm not a white girl small. It's, it's totally different. It's totally different. I'm curvy. So things like that are definitely on my mind all the time because of some of the things that I've been told, like, oh, if you lose five pounds, then yes, we'll sign you. And I'm like, wait a minute, I weigh 125. Well, who's losing five no. pounds? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so is the beauty industry still largely toxic? Because like I said, I felt like it was, because people could build more of their own platforms to feature who they want to feature. I felt like it was getting better, but is it getting more toxic? Um, I just think that some things are coming to light more than others, like certain things that weren't an issue 
they're going away, but certain some other things are coming up more, if that makes sense. So it kind of makes it the same. Mm. Do you ever you care see... to elaborate, or that's something you don't want to really elaborate on? Um, I mean, it's okay if you don't. I, I, it seems like you're, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll go and dead that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you good. Like, I guess, I just, I guess, I'm mainly concerned about the well-being of women, and especially black women. Like, I just don't like there to be any type of, you know, um, gatekeeping where that's actually detrimental to black women's psyche, and it always seems like, like, kind of what you were alluding to, like when we become a segment of something then we kind of make that the new standard. So we start to gatekeep the other part. And and it's kind of just like an ongoing thing. Like, I just wonder if we can ever get to a place where when it comes to large public consumption, can we ever get to a fully healthy place where we're not telling women that they have to, you know, I don't think everything's for everybody, but at the same time, we're not telling women like yourself that you got to lose more weight to do something or that, you know, of course, fat shaming is a, a huge thing. Like, will we ever just get to a healthy place where a lot more people get accepted in this industry? Hmm. Um, honestly, I don't know how people are going to feel like this, but I feel like someone made this point and they said that it's always going to be futile under capitalism. And I agree, you yeah. know, because the goal is money. So, no. <laughs> hmm. Dang. Speak on it. Go ahead. Dang. <laughs> you guys learn to work in the system, baby. <laughs> you don't know this, but we've been having this whole socialism, capitalism thing for the last month of some change. <laughs> I'm building a revolution on the ground. Um, okay. Okay. I wrote and directed uh, Judas and the Black Messiah coming to theater. No, you, um, <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> You would, would Judas. That's what you were. I would. I would. Like, I go back and forth, man. Like, it's like you said. Like, when it comes to capitalism, it's a lot of. I wonder if it's a lot of things that's inherently toxic with it that more socialist structures could kind of assist with. But of course, the first thing people say is like, socialism never worked. And I was like, well, capitalism ain't work right away either. So anyway, we're not gonna get that whole thing. Exactly. It's working so, for some. Huh? It's working for some. <laughs> No, I'm saying when, when capitalism not, was first, like when it was first a thing, nothing, no system has ever just, just become people. a thing. <laughs> just not these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Sade, for all your input and everything. Thank you so much. We yes, appreciate Thank you so much. Oh, uh, you want to shout out uh, all your friends and stuff like that? Yes. Ciao. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at Shade Not A Do. That is S H A D A E N O T A D U. And that's my Twitter as well. Oh, not my Twitter, my TikTok, sorry. <laughs> no Twitter? Yes. No. No, don't follow me on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. Don't follow me on Twitter. Really appreciate it. Yes, Hope you're like welcome. In modeling. Hope you reach your dreams in this capitalistic society. <laughs> oh, I don't gotta step on. Hmm? All right. I said, I hope I don't gotta step on nobody. Right? 
I don't think you're going to have to. I think you are already talented enough and good-spirited enough to where you're going to do well without making no enemies. Then anybody going to come back 10 years later and be like, Sade, stab me in the back at Black Models America Majors or something like that. I don't think that's going to happen either. But um, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your just awesomeness in general. Like I said, I hope we get the shows back popping. I hope I see you at the shows again. But um, yes. yeah, man, we'll definitely post this. We'll let you know when we post this and everything. And um, that'll be that. Okay. Thank All you. Right, Thank you so much. Take care. So right now, we're about to dive into America's greatest new TV show, Lovecraft Country. <laughs> and uh, we are going to be joined by our dope, dope producer, Thad, Thad Jones. As soon as he unmutes and shows video. What's that? Oh, God. Hey, he was so happy to be on the video. He didn't even clean up the background or nothing. He ain't, he ain't doing nothing. I don't care. <laughs> I I don't care. Nothing about my what my background looked like. I I, I, I stopped caring a long people, time. I, I got three kids. So I've been stopped caring. Hold on, hold on. Hey, let me let me there we go. Let me do like oh, Lord. oh God, you know, brand himself and everything. Don't you don't you hate that? I can't stand it. Yeah, <laughs> switch that back. Switch that back. There's nothing worse than a Zoom meeting with somebody with the over the top like moving background. background. And then they're oh, yeah. face is cut off half the time. Nah, that's why we going with the we going with the cluttered background. That's what we <laughs> the cluttered working man's desk. That's it. I'm always working. That's what we definitely doing. that's definitely true. Yeah, shout out to Dad, right. man. We so appreciate it. Lovecraft Country debuted, what was it, three weeks ago? Three three Sundays ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh what was it? Uh it's produced by JJ Abrams, uh Jordan Peele, Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele, Misha Green, and stuff. other white people. Misha um, Green uh developed. Misha it. Green is not white. <laughs> no, she's not she's not white. I'm I know it's got something to do with white people, especially the way Mike talking about the show. The author of the book is white. I just want to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> it's true. So how are y'all enjoying the show so far? Well, we, uh, Mike and I are polar opposites in that. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying the show, and uh, apparently Mike thinks it's trash. So uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, I, I I do believe that's what those were the words you used, trash. No, I, I just said it to piss you off. I didn't. I know. Mike, I Mike, Mike, Mike basically believes it's low hanging fruit. The writing is just low hanging. <laughs> low hanging. Just too low hanging straight fruit. Is what it is. Okay, I, well, let, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think we've got, uh, for for the first time in a long time, we've got a story uh, centered around black characters in their lives, which is. You just had that with Watchmen. No, technically you didn't. We can. Oh, no. We definitely did. Watchmen was pretty black. A Watchmen had had some black elements. No, Watchmen was a black character. No, nah, yeah, it, it it was centered on a black character, but you have to look at the other influences to her life. Well, it's okay. still about Watchmen, yeah, but like it was centered around Regina King. She was well, misled by a white man, by a white sheriff, <laughs> white racist sheriff. <laughs> it, don't, it don't get no blacker than that. Is that? Go ahead, <laughs> don't do get no blacker than being, being misled by the white by the white sheriff. <laughs> that, like they do. Um, oh, go ahead, share your thought, general thoughts, Will, so I can tell both of y'all apart. I'm no man, I like it so far. Um, besides episode two, whoa, <laughs> don't, what the fuck? Um, wow, episode, episode two was two. over the top. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting the finale. Like, 
this vibe so far from the show. White people are evil. They manipulate <laughs> us in any kind of way they can. Um, exactly. I guess like I was confused at what I thought this story was going to be from the jump. I thought it was going to be like a like a long running just you know movie kind of thing. But it was in Lovecraft Country for one day. It's a collection of horror stories instead. Which so that, that that means you don't have a frame of reference because if you know that what H.P. Lovecraft, which is where they got the title from, he wrote about he wrote collections of short stories. Um, so and look they man, all kind of intertwined. I'm watching the show. Together. Okay? I don't know nothing about the book. Okay? <laughs> I don't read. <laughs> hey, no, I didn't. I didn't know that about the. I didn't know that about it at all. Honestly. He's also also a n- notorious racist, so there's that as well. Um, the author of the book, H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Oh, Lovecraft, oh. who uh, a lot of the the uh, monsters and things are based on a lot of his work. It, uh, he was notorious racist, hmm. um, but he's he was also um, uh, up until recently he was like the standard for sci-fi and horror. Like there's an award that was given named after him for sci-fi and, and horror writers. And I think that has been changed now. I think they actually changed it to, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it's Octavia Butler now. Um, but mm-hmm. so so to, to your point of it being uh, a ton of different kind of vignettes, they're all strung together with this wraparound story um, that is set in Jim Crow uh, America. I think that is a perfect uh, uh, segue to monsters. And, and, and I mean, we all of us have the privilege of not having lived through uh, uh, that time, but we're living with the repercussions of it right now. And uh, just to see how that is put together is a beautiful thing. So low hanging fruit, I don't know. That's, that's I think Mike it's. I, I think Mike, it's. Mike, don't blame me. Don't ever keep putting words no, in my I, mouth. I ain't saying nothing about no low hanging fruit. This is my thing. The, you said the writing was for simps. <laughs> is that what Ooh. I said? What I said was, I feel like the show has me questioning if we need another show about how bad racism is, how hard it is to live in America. Without adding really new any new ideas or solutions to that conversation. Well, I think I think if you take it at face value, you're looking at oh how hard it is and how this and that. But what what you're missing is the horror element and the representation that we aren't represented in those in those spaces, uh, rarely ever in That's in that I'm space. That. Let me That's finish, what I let me, yeah, let me finish my sentence. I'm not I'm not missing that. Okay. I'm taking into account how you know unique the horror stuff is. I'm, I love seeing black horror again. Um, you know, shout out Jordan Peele, who's literally, you know, in terms of modern terms anyway, is leading the charge on that, I feel like. Um, I think that maybe the horror elements aren't really doing it for me in terms of like, I don't think it's supposed to be scary, but it's not particularly creepy to me. It's not particularly all that mind blowing. I will say, and this can be slightly spoilerish, y'all, I'm sorry. Slightly spoilers, but I think everybody in the is watching the show. But like the little, the giant man baby was freaky as fuck. I will say that. <laughs> um, but LeBron like baby. the LeBron baby, <laughs> yeah. that shit was creepy. But the, like the monsters in the woods were just like, I, they're mostly gross than anything. Like the sheriff turning into a monster was more, more so gross than anything. 
Um, which I like gross shit, don't get me wrong. But I think the horror stuff ain't really doing it for me. And the wokeness in me is like feeling like like because it doesn't really add anything new to the whole racism bad conversation, it's like is this another exploitation of black pain through a popular TV series? And I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer or nothing like that. But like we in a lot of ways as consumers have really mem- memified like black trauma. The reason why we you know share these videos over and over again. The reason why people would just go and find some like racist history excerpt from the past and in nineteen sixty something, black people were stoned for da 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 that. We'll just share that and just be like, here's your today today in black trauma. Like Mike, <laughs> I gotta years. Mike, I gotta I gotta stop you right there. I'm sorry, I know it's your show, I'm gonna take over. But here's the here's the key, man. Nobody says that about the Holocaust. Not one I, person, not one person says, oh, don't share. You they say we share so you never forget. We share so that we never repeat this. And I I just wanna I want I'm not saying that we need to bathe in the, you know, this this negative vibe. But I do think that there are people out there that have no clue as to what our ancestors went through. Up until recently, some folks didn't know about sundown counties. Up until this episode, didn't know about sundown counties. Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that that information has to come out to people through a fictional show focused on horror, is ridiculous to me as as a scholar i'm like okay i i knew about this information why don't other people know about it because other people like will don't read no <laughs> no but it, it, it's and you on his side will he's still taking shots at you I, I take shots at everybody no but, uh, <laughs> no but it's 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 this is this is how we disseminate information to each other um and Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on where you stand, this is how this is how we need to get that information out. So, I'm not saying that we need another slavery anthology, but what I am saying is that if we can find a way to incorporate uh, information into an entertaining uh, portion of a program. That gives people the opportunity to be like, damn, is that real? That does that doesn't really really that really exists? Oh shit. Now we've got we're we're starting a dialogue and creating a conversation. And I think that that's what Lovecraft Country does very well. Is it's okay. in your face and makes you ask those questions. All right, two quick points. I'm gonna uh, let Will talk because it's been a mess he talked. So number one, with the whole Holocaust thing, we don't have to well, first of all, that's not our community, so it's not really, you know, prominent for that conversation to be in our community. But Jewish people don't really have to complain about that because Germany is actually ashamed of the Holocaust. Like, Germany does not celebrate Nazis on any level whatsoever. They don't have, like, Nazi parades. They don't have, like, Nazi, you know, rallies like we do here with the Confederate rallies or KKK rallies and like that. Like, Germany is actually very ashamed of that history. So they don't have to complain about that. America is just now becoming ashamed of racism. So that's that for that. With the whole learning thing, right? I was saying to the show's point, I think a lot of people are learning about a lot of things that they didn't know before through the show. Um, I actually made like a small list. Shout out to Vic, my homegirl Vic, and my homeboy Brandon for bringing this up because Lovecraft has some real stuff in it. There was a scene where they were talking at the um, the new house 
about Martin Luther King's um, whole thing with the white woman. That was a real thing. Um, the ghost that was in that in a basement. Those are real people that were actually experimented on by Dr. Sims. I don't know if y'all familiar with Dr. Sims. Um, did these horrible, you know, horrific um, experimentations on black slaves in the name of science or whatever like that. Uh, the reference to the Trumbell um, Park homes, that was a real thing. Um, and I don't know if y'all caught this. This this really blew my mind. The whole Ouija board scene with the kids in the basement or whatever, or in the room playing the Ouija board. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. My own boy brought that up. I was like, okay, all right. Hold on, what, hold on. what happened? I remember the Ouija board scene, but what? Do you remember that there was a kid that he did the thing like, well, I have fun on my trip down south. Do you remember that part? He actually it was because he had the tie in the shirt from the picture that he took. I think it was the last picture of him alive. The last picture um, he ever took alive, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was I was like, okay, okay, okay. But like in that sense, yeah, people are learning about history that they never might never have heard about before. But it's more like here's the history of how horrible America has been to black people. But like I said, I don't really think it's adding anything new to that conversation. Like at this point, I feel like we know. We know America's been terror trash. So, is there really that many people who still don't know this history that needed that we keep needing these shows to keep teaching those people? Or yes. can we move to? I, th- I think yes, yes, because you, your generation, no offense, is that generation <laughs> that's going, oh, that's that, that's a thing, that's a real thing. Yes, that's a real thing. It really happened. And then, and, and I think that the more we lose that, that, tr- like, like. You know, we're losing older folks that that pass that would pass on that information. Like I don't have any grandparents, right? That we live with, that would tell us about, hey, don't go over this. This place has got a bad, you know, whatever. Don't you don't be over there this time of night. All of these different things, these oral traditions, like uh, uh, Jonesy Stark is saying, that we are losing. Um, how do we carry that on? How do, how do we how do we disseminate that? To the masses of our people that are otherwise not going to get it, that are not going, that are going to be raised and think that, oh, well, I don't know why are you talking. Why, why are you? Why do you distrust this this white person? They didn't do it. People never did anything to you. That's where we're headed if we don't let let this information be known and talk about this information. I, I just I just feel that we are doomed to repeat. Uh, the, the mistakes of the past if we don't con- don't talk about it now that doesn't necessarily mean we want to see another slave movie but oh, i no. definitely want to see i want to see black characters in period pieces that are reflective of the actual history and if it i mean you don't i i, I didn't hear anybody talking about that when they saw gladiator they didn't want to see another period piece movie you know, white people put out period piece movies all the time. That is true to their history. So why should it be any any different for for African Americans? That's a part of our history. So though you, it does not have to be the focus of it. We have to communicate the history, and we and it has to be entertaining. I uh, go ahead, Will. I got rebuttal for that, but I'm, I'm gonna say that. No, too. no, I'm good. I'm just listening, baby. I, I mean. I, man, I'm taking the show for what it is, man. I'm not reading too far into it, but obviously I need to more because I probably have a even more appreciation of it than I do. <laughs> it's just entertaining to me right now, honestly. I haven't. What I think? It like, is very crazy. Crazy. Not my main thing, Besides episode two, I'm with. It, but um... <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we can talk about episode two because Dad is a diehard with this episode two. 
Um, Bro, that was too much. It was just too much. It had three what different. It was the season finale, Dad. They, White they, people. Too many, okay. So tell me about this. So so you you say it's too much. What? Yeah. Tell me what part of it was too much for you. The whole fucking thing. Okay. It was just like okay, we talked about like the sexual subject matter. My issue with that, right? But me and Will can agree on this. It felt like in that show, and then that episode, and we gonna see what's going on going forward. But particularly the episode two, it felt like somebody had so many ideas and was making a giant pot of gumbo. And it was like, they, oh, I got, I got family coming over. They got to press with this gumbo. So I got to throw everything in the cabinet in this thing. I got to make it, I got to make did. the episode in three or four times. I got to, I got to fake kill off characters just for a little, it's just, it just I a think lot going Episode on. two introduces you to the world and the, the, the old world and the new world are colliding in episode two. You thought the world was one way. And by the end of episode two, you know it is not the way you thought it was. And the only way to, to, to bring those two things together is to have them collide. And so in episode two, you are seeing, you're seeing the old world of, you know, tell me again about the, the scene that I love is where they're in the diner and old buddy is like, they just sat down. Like, what was I supposed oh, no, to that's do? That's episode one. That's episode one, right? No, that's episode two, isn't it? Oh no! When tell me when they go to the the room of whites, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, episode, <laughs> it was episode isn't episode two where they are no, episode, uh, episode they are one. chased out, chased no, out. That was episode one. So you're saying episode? Oh one yeah, that was episode one. Yeah. Okay, so episode two is where they're in the woods. Nope. No, episode two is when they find the house. Two is when they got to the house. Yeah. And they and everybody has forgotten. Uh, two people. Well, forgotten. everybody but Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so everybody but him has forgotten. Oh, I remember now. And we were talking about. I remember my wife and I were talking about. Well, maybe it's because of the blood, right? Maybe because he's related. Um, I, I, he think, hasn't I think so. Yeah, they didn't want to like disrespect him in some kind of way or whatever. Okay. So, and then they go. I, I just uh, that episode. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. It actually leads us forward into what the new world is going to going to be. So my so my main issue with episode. Tell me, tell me, yeah, tell me what your issue is. There was there was way too much going on. I felt like it was four or five cliffhangers <laughs> in the episode. What they got four or five cliffhangers. What four or five cliffhangers? You say this, but I need you to you reference. I'm, I'm about to communicate it, baby. Just chill out. All right. So get <laughs> hot over here. <laughs> no, no, no. This is just how I communicate, man. Let's go. All right. So initially for whatever reason, these two niggas don't know nothing, okay? For whatever reason, they hypnotize. And then at some point along the line, they they uh, see, what is it? They see uh, ghosts from their past. Uh, tick tick penis turned into a dick. Uh, this nigga dancing with some old flame. Tick out here stabbing Vietnamese women in the face. <laughs> uh, they go to the dinner. Oh, I got it. Pops find a secret room. Uh, they go to the dinner. They, um, what is it? This nigga act crazy. He said, hey, look, white people, I'm in control in this motherfucker. <laughs> and they just I, like, okay, we're going to get the fuck out. Okay, all right, all right. So, and I then, oh, hold on, and then they find Tick Daddy. They find Tick Daddy. Mm. That's number one cliffhanger. That's number one ending that could have been. The yeah. Cliffhanger. They find okay. Tick Daddy. I thought the episode should have been over right there. Um, they try to escape the town. Apparently, some force, some Iron Man force field is up there, <laughs> and they just run into the thing. 
George gets shot. Uh, that's the second. That's the um. Yeah, that's the second joint. And then, uh, what's what's what happened? Didn't nigga tear the whole house down somehow? And apparently, that that whole scene was a lot for me. Um, because what was it? They they doing the spell, and then like the niggas like ah, like Thor, like trying to. <laughs> Get all the Odin power. This is too much, man. It's just too much, and I think that's uh, okay. I, 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 hey, it's okay for you to feel that way. I think it 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 allows for a couple things to happen. Okay. Um, you went so you, again. So you say it was wrapped around his waist. They they made him to be a dick. That's what it is. It it was, but if you there were clues. If you looked at the like one, everybody was experiencing their either desires in those rooms, and they were being watched. Right. They're looking to see how they react, right, to these different. They're being tried, and so again, anybody who's anybody who's ever been been online, uh, who's been who's joined a fraternity, when you're online, you're tried, right? So these this these are these Antioch kind of tried rooms where they are watching and seeing how people behave. Um, you already know it's a secret society when old buddy goes and finds out they're part of a secret society and Tick is blood related. So everything that you're talking about is fully explained well, no, as to no. why it went went down. But you're feeling like it's too much for one episode. And I feel yeah. like I feel like if you're going to you want it to drag out, I'm, I'd rather have no. all of that stuff there no. and move no. on. Well, what are you the, saying then? Because it, 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 it's confusing to me. I'm, I'm just saying. I am the last person in the world that likes something to drag out. Like, I stopped watching The Walking Dead way back when. That shit just fell completely off the bus because that's exactly what was happening. What we're saying is, like, editing-wise, and it just seems, like, oversaturated with ideas, I think that they could have ended the episode. And, that's you know, it's, of course, it's easy to, you know, backseat quarterback and be like, well, you should have did this. I understand how that goes, but we're just saying like for our taste, and I feel like a lot of, I've seen a lot of conversations, similar things, editing wise, it was just too many ideas into one episode when you do have more episodes, like you're only on episode two, like you can pace yourself because one thing about a lot of these shows, True Detective is very guilty of this and that's one of my favorite shows. That is, it's one of my favorites, but it's a slow drawn out show. Oh, it's so slow. It's, It's slow. It's slow, but like they, see that's the exact opposite, right? It's super slow and drawn out in the beginning until they get to the last episode, and then they try to oversaturate the last episode with a bunch of you know exposition. They don't even they don't even oversaturate that. I'm sorry, they don't even oversaturate. It's just slow, and by the time you get to the end, I'm like, who the fuck cares? I don't I don't care anymore. Like, I care. Mahershala Ali killed that last season. I ain't gonna disrespect my man like that, but like that's the opposite problem. So this this show did the exact opposite. It seems so front heavy. It's like when you overload that that episode two, like you almost kind of build yourself your audience up for disappointment like not, you can not if you're paying you off not if it pays so as if a it writer, pays off we're we wrong and we yeah, see and, and, and off, i and i i i gotta say it paid off in the episode it paid every build-up that you got there was for a purpose to move the story for and this is what i teach my students if it's not moving the story forward then you gotta kill it the way the reason why the father is found and brought back is because there's conflict between him and his his brother and you need that to resolve that to to add to the next thing. Like is is that tick dead? Like uh, so, so all of the 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 seeing of the of the um, 
the ancestor running out. Well, that's how she escaped. That's what really happened to the to the uh, to the place the first time, the it, first time it, yeah. went, it went down. So you're seeing that he's falling in the same footsteps. All those payoffs were needed to get ready to go on this next part of the journey. And I think that if it wasn't um, for that, we'd have so many more questions that we wouldn't accept the fact in the third episode of Christine coming back and seeing that she's really the puppet master behind the scenes. Like we, we, we know now that the secret organization is kaput, right? This, and, and she's the last living and he's the last living. Like that, that puts them in, in a unique place of conflict. To, to take this this uh, this story to the next level, I'm I'm ready to see what they throw at me now because, you know, we're not moving slow. We're not we're not sitting back and with a whole bunch of exposition. Where's there's the action of of our characters actually moving forward through the story that is just allowing us to uh, to be transported back to this time and live with these characters in a, in a unique way. If it pays off, that I will. Gladly retract all statements and be like, all right, I see what they was doing. But just as of right now, and then still speaking to the whole thing with the ancestors, uh, shout out to Blair. What's up, Blair? Um, Jones, if you want to call him, I'll put the number in the chat because you got, you just got, you about to explode in this, this comment section over here. <laughs> um, so that's my point with the whole thing with the ancestors and stuff like that. Like, that's when it kind of feels like borderline, borderline using that racist, you know, trauma from our ancestors and our history as <laughs> entertainment. And so I'm, and I'm usually against people who, you know, rebel against that. Cause I'm like, they're just trying to tell a story, but that's when it gets that thin line. That's why I keep saying that the dichotomy in the black mind, like, are they actually trying to teach us? Or are they just using black pain to get ratings? Like, it's so hard to tell sometimes. And I kind of lean to the right side when I don't really feel like the show is really hitting like that. So. I think that the fact that there has been that, that these group of characters have not relied on a white savior to get them out of any trouble. That that in the in the episodes thus far, we saw black men organized to protect a, a a black woman going out to knock these bricks off this car when she, you know what I mean? Everybody, I think that what we're seeing is not a attempt at using black pain to to further ratings i think what we are seeing is an attempt at realistic depiction of what we've gone through collectively as a culture in this country mixed with uh the elements of horror and blending those two as makes us ask the question which is more horrible the racism that was endured and, and continues to be endured by Black Americans, or these fictitious uh, monsters that uh, keep popping up in, in, the, in, this, in, this, in this show. I think that the juxtaposition between the two allows us to really have a conversation about, like you said, Black pain, but also about our place now, currently, because a, a lot of things ain't changed. I can appreciate that. Everything you just said, I can appreciate that. I just need that discussion on the racism thing to go to the next level of, are we going to discuss like abolition? Are we going to discuss actually like, you know, defunding the police? 
or we'll actually discuss, you know what I'm saying? How do you discuss that? that have been how do you, do, how you discuss that? How do you discuss that in Jim, Jim Crow? Those ideas aren't even a It might not have to be in Jim Crow. That's what I'm saying about that. It doesn't have to be in Jim Crow. However way you decide to tackle the issue, are we going to do it in a way that can discuss those things as well? Because like I said, I'm just, for me personally, it just feels like we're, we've been talking about racism, 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 racism is popping right now. Like we know America is racist, like, but what are we doing to push that discussion forward? And particularly, I, I think you want this show to do too much. <laughs> it's but it's, that's but that's, it, what, it see, that's what I'm saying. That's it what I'm saying. No, I don't think I don't think it's impossible to do it. What I'm saying is, do we need shows who can't do that anymore? Like, do we need shows to just talk about racism? Uh, somebody's in the um, somebody just called in. Hello, who's this? Who is this? I think it's a delay first. He's connecting audio now. Oh, it's Jones. What's up, man? You got five minutes, and then we're gonna kick you out the damn chat. <laughs> look at look at this nigga face is ready to. This is audio is still connected. <laughs> Why's this nigga just staring? <laughs> I'm so intimidated right now. <laughs> <laughs> this audio is oh. still connected. Well, that's my thing with that. Like I said, I just, no matter, I mean, something that shows you to do, but like, well, um, I think that, again, there's, there, there comes a place where we have to uh, accept things for what they are as far as with our entertainment. And there's only so much that we can do, especially within this particular um, construct. We've already set the rules, we've set the setting. And unless we start to go into the future, um, which could be a possibility with this show, the way it is. Um, there's no way for you to address any of those things. What you want is heavy lifting on, and again, I don't see that same argument with any other period show, you know, and with, know. Any other, with any other culture. And so oh, okay. I, I, just, I just think that um, that's, a, that's an unrealistic expectation, especially for a period, a period, Peace show. Hold on, he's trying to say something. Can you hear us, Jones? Jones, Jones, I Jones. We, oh, Jones, Jones. we know if his audio was working. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> all right, I can hear y'all now, man. My bad. Okay. We uh, you got like three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. All right, man. Oh, uh, man, all I got is three minutes. <laughs> That's all you got, nigga. All right, man. Uh, fuck Mike and whoever that love him. His head is ass, so I got a hair button. Pops to the goat, Lil Wayne. But nah, for real, for real. Um, I hear where you're coming from, Mike. And okay, I know racism is bad. Why don't they know racism is bad? Well, um, like you said, the Germans had sense enough to be ashamed. They had sense enough to not have Nazi monuments. America don't work that way, cuz. It don't. Yeah. And I get what you're saying. Let's have these further conversations. Let's talk about abolitions, reparations. Let's talk about tearing down this white supremacist infrastructure that was based in and continues to self-perpetuate that system. I feel you. My thing is, one, who are we going to have those conversations with? Who are we putting to be the person to meet on the other side of the aisle to, to lead those conversations? And um, when it comes to, like, uh, excuse me, like, like, like that, he has said, in this period piece, I get putting those ideas out. This is going to be a popular show, and yeah, you want to have those ideas being seated in the show, but can they be seated naturalistically? Like you said, don't don't just do woke shit because it's trendy to throw it in there when it don't fit. Exactly. I think they're doing a good job addressing why this stuff, you know, like these things happen. Like, bruh, like, like I don't know about your timeline, but mine, 
not just black, not not just white people or people or other people of color, but even black people. Wait, did, this really stuff like this could really happen? Like, do you like for me or you? We might know about the Red Summer. We might know about uh, the Tulsa race massacres. We might know about all this other kind of stuff, the Boston race riots and all of that from uh, you know the Civil War era. We know these things because we've taken the time to educate ourselves and we're passionate about understanding certain things. The majority of people, if it wasn't in that damn high school history book that they didn't even read then, it didn't happen. I get it. I feel you. Um, I feel you, man. I feel what y'all are saying. Maybe I'm like, and I try not to do that whole thing of like, everybody should think the way I think. I'm not trying to do that by any means. But like, it just seems like because literally everybody is talking about race at this point. Everybody. Nigga, when we get on Call of Duty and the, the screen is black because they're trying to acknowledge Black Lives Matter, like, I'm like, okay, everybody's talking about racism now. So it's like, it just seems okay. like there's an overabundance of that conversation going on already. I don't really know if I need more of that in an entertainment show that's obviously using that as a plot device in their show without pushing that conversation forward. So I, I feel it. like y'all, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just, like I said, I'm just questioning if any more of that needs to be put out here at this point. So for you, it's, it's a uh, issue of pure intention behind it and taking right. things to the next level. So what does that next level look like for you? Like, my thing is, if you're going to criticize something or see an issue with something, especially yeah. with art or art used for a political purpose, if you don't got your right. blueprint lined out for the corrections and what you want to see, then it's just complaint. Like, well, see, and I will say, although my, my solution is, like I said, pushing the conversation to that next level of discussion, like things like abolition, which I don't think are popular, things like the front of the police, which aren't popular. These are things that people still don't understand, and we still haven't fully figured out, but that conversation needs to be pushed further. But that's my personal solution. But at the same time, like, I think you can know something is wrong without necessarily having a solution in mind at the time. Like, well, I you, agree. You, let know, you know what I'm saying? We know that mass incarceration I, I, is a I big agree. problem for white people, but we don't know the solution to a new policing system or a new prison system that, you know, for those people who won't be rehabilitated, for those people that restorative justice will not work on, what do we do with those people? We got an answer to that, you know what I'm saying? But that's still the comment, that's still a complaint that we can make, like private prisons are still a huge problem. I just think that when you have those complaints, you get a lot more, uh, you accomplish more and you get a lot more headway by actually having solutions ready. So like you said, man, uh, mass incarceration is a plague upon our nation. This is unfair, It's, it's, it's racially biased, it's this, that, and the third. I like you said, I'm talking to a politician. They might even agree with me, like, okay, cool, Jonesy. I agree with you. That it is messed up. So what do we do about it? If my next thing after that sentence is well, uh don't <laughs> you walking off like like all right, well, think, good, good talk, citizen. No, I don't think somebody who's raising that question is gonna be people at a complete loss. Like I said, they might not have all the answers ready, but I think people who like I said, everybody's not meant to be in that fight. But those who do take it on do have like somewhat of a game plan at least. I, I, we would hope. We would hope because a lot of yeah. stuff that's not popular in the, in the in the mass consciousness, Mike, is very popular in certain woke circles because they're right. talking points that are the right side of history. And that's where I have an issue with, with just just a lot of stuff in general. You know, me and you have private conversations about a lot of stuff where it's like you, you banging this drum, but you don't even really know how. Like nigga, you you playing a triangle in an orchestra. You don't. You don't you don't really know the notes. So you got a lot of loud triangle players out here running around yeah. ringing think, off. But that's a whole nother podcast, man. But like just with I Lovecraft Country. Go ahead. Sorry, man. I'm sorry, but I, I think within the construct of, of what Lovecraft Country can do. Right. And, and right. I guess that's the point. 
you know, we, we are uh, addressing uh, a predominantly uh, a majority black cast show representation, right? That's, that's important with stories about them and their lives, not centered around some, some white savior, of, like you were talking about earlier, the white mm -hmm. best friend. So right. I think we're checking, we're <laughs> checking those boxes that you were talking about. And then to, to pour on to that, you're like, ah, well, I, I want to change the conversation to this, that, and the third. It's like, damn, man. Come, Not can, change the conversation. Well, you want to add to the, you. I want to push the conversation. Wanna, you want to add extra to the wagon. I think like, that's a good point. That damn, can raising, we man. can we push that up the hill first? Does black art? Why does why do why, why of all the communities does our art have to cover all the fucking bases? It Every can't time. be what it is. It can't I be. I, I mean, I, 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 I like that. That bothers me because for real, bro. There were whole as much as people went up for Black Panther when it came out, there was still those motherfucking oh, thick pieces about, well, Black Panther just did, it lacked the, uh, uh, it, it, it didn't represent these tribes from Africa in this tradition, and for I sure, felt that sure. any Wakanda that represents liberation for Black people needs to have a larger queer presence. I didn't feel any queerness in the movie, and I felt like this was not here, and that yeah. was not there, therefore it is trash and part of the patriarchy and part of white supremacy and yada, 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 right. whatever. And it's like, yo, word, like, did, I didn't see white people like Dawson's Creek does not address the issues that I feel as a young white man. Oh, listen, okay. Two I did, did want to throw one thing out here real quick, uh, especially okay. with what our episode was talking about the white male gaze. How did y'all do? Y'all feel any kind of way about the Journey Smollett uh, casting? Like, did they had that feature a light skin? I think woman? the I think, I think that's intentional. It's intentional to, to, to talk about colorism. Because mm -hmm. her, her her sister is dark skinned and you right. can see I saw that immediately. An, yeah, animosity immediately just from the stare that she gave her. Like this bitch gonna think she gonna come up here and sing. I'm in here entertaining the folks, and you think you gonna come up here and you take notice, my space? Yeah, bro. You call, thank you. That's where I was going. The moment she hit that stage, you notice how every male in the audience energy was different. different. The sister was up there singing her ass off, playing instruments and all. Journey walks up. There's a couple of little nice notes. And they, yeah, woo, that's right, girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> giggity, giggity, and, giggity. and I think that is very that that's intentional and very mm -hmm. uh, structure of the the various structure of our culture is how we are pitted against each other. We don't even realize how ingrained that is, uh, even as as black men. You 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 could see it in that day and time. Lighter is 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 better. Like they they respected. Uh, uh, Journey's character, uh, and I wouldn't say respected. They lusted for her in, yeah, in a sense of, 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 of she's an object of desire because she's lighter, right? But when it came down to um, them making their way through town and things, like, did, did you notice how the white women looked at her as mm -hmm. well when she came to came came into town? Like that is very, I think that's very intentional. I think it's a very smart choice. Um, because mm -hmm. we could not have that conversation if there wasn't representation, uh, and we're there's representation Boom. of all the hues in this show. For sure, I don't disagree with y'all saying. Um, I'm, I do want to make it clear that I'm not trying to be like because I know I remember the Black Panther conversations of like Bruh, you didn't come. Uh, yeah, I remember those. Nick, it's Wakanda erasing <laughs> everybody. Like you know, I'm not I'm definitely not trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just me personally. Like I said. From the circles that I, I reside do. in, and we, I really, I do realize, I want to acknowledge that we all reside in different circles, and there are a lot of circles where, you know, I come to and I do mention something like the stuff that's depicted in the show, and people do look at me like, "What? What are you talking about?" 
Um, same thing with like when we had the Amazon Tayomi episode talking about, you know, poly lifestyles and stuff like that and love outside mm-hmm. of me. A lot of my co-workers watched that and was like, what the hell were y'all talking about on that show? Like, y'all talking about <laughs> out here Like, I get it. I, 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 I think what you have going on and, and I kudos to you is the is that we are opening a door of conversation, which is doesn't happen for black communities often. We think that all, uh, not we, but our our culture says- The collective we, the royal the, Right, the collective we says, we all gotta be this. All mm-hmm. black people think like this. And that's not the case. And the fact that- we The monolith can, myth. The monolith myth, absolutely. The, the fact that yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can have conversations as four black men from four different perspectives. And though we might all fit into the same social economic bracket, According mm-hmm. to them, we right. all are, are are different frames of thought, and that just shows how diverse our culture and communities are. And the more we can have conversations like this, not just about entertainment, but about politics, about mm-hmm. sex, about religion, um, those are the things that we we need to have because our community has been stifled so long into thinking or or, or portrayed as thinking one way. And and right. we don't see it out in the public. I think we lost our feed for some reason. Hold on one second. Oh. At least on at least on fa- at least on Facebook or my the watch side. party might have stopped. Uh, yeah, the watch party might have stopped. Or let me see. Are you still tuned in? You might have yeah, the Facebook Live is still going. All right. Yeah. Well, it might just be yeah. me. But yeah, oh. sorry. No, it's all good. Oh, no, you have to be right, man. And I appreciate. I do appreciate like. You know, y'all supported this podcast so we can do stuff like this. That's what me and Will wanted to do in the first place, man. Just, I think that's why I'm so adamant about how I feel about the show. Like, the last thing I wanted to do with this podcast, and Will, too, is just have the same conversation about the same thing that everybody's oh, talking yeah. about yeah. and run into the ground and just spin our wheels, you know what I'm saying, and just talk to people who only agree with us. And, um, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all's different opinions, even though y'all wrong with you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I respect your right to be vastly incorrect about everything. Everything, that's right. <laughs> keep, about everything. Keep, keep watching. Yeah. I'm going to keep watching. Like, Look, we finish yeah. the series. If I'm wrong, bro, I will, y'all be the first ones to hear it. I would love to be wrong. Like, cuz, I feel you about uh, having to keep going back into the thing about if we're going to address our past as African-Americans in this country, it's unavoidable to address the trauma because that is the we have a lot of triumph we can talk about too, but that triumph comes from overcoming the overcoming trauma. Overcoming the trauma. So, oh, like, my man. Like, it's like it's kind of like if you had a fucked up childhood and I wrote a story about my childhood, like, man, damn, Jones always talking about his daddy beating the shit out of him. Well, nigga, if that's first 18 years of my life at age 20, I ain't gonna have so many, you know, I think <laughs> our community, I, I think our community overall, when you look at the opportunities we've been afforded the to move within some level of freeness in, in this country since we've since uh since since the since the uh, official abolition of slavery or whatever right as a community if if we were like to do a parallel uh, of an actual human being we we're, we're still in our adolescence maybe post adolescence as a community of people right. excuse me so as much as i love afrofuturism as much as i want to see more wakandas and less plantations as much as i want to see more uh you know, black. I want to see. I want to see black people in space, but until I can get to space, I need to unpack what kept me on the ground. I, I can't fly until I can walk, and I think some of our media is 
it's necessary to both like I, I feel you. I, I want both happening simultaneously. It doesn't have to be one or it doesn't have to be either or for me. I'm not an no. either or type of person. So like I, I know you're not either, but I'm just saying, fam, like, you know, just for, for whoever's listening. Um yeah. yeah, we need we need to talk about our past, we need to talk about our present, and we need to look towards our future. But in order to get the more. opportunity to tell those other stories, the stories that we do have presently have to prove profitable and successful. Going back to the capitalistic system we in, if Black Panther didn't make money, I guarantee you, you won't go see Lovecraft. And, you, you won't go see. No, nah, you won't go see. You won't go see that nigga in Endgame. You won't. You won't go see him in Infinity War either. Nah, yeah, you got a good point with that. And I just want to put a pin on my opinion on this. I agree with everything you're saying, 100. percent Like that said earlier, it's all about the intention behind it, man. I'll all about you. the intention behind it. If the intention's there in the right place, and I'm just not a fan of the show, cool. But if the intention is, let me use Black Pain because this is it's a hot thing right now. Throw right. in my show with the horse shit, and we're gonna get some money. That's what I got a problem with. So, like I said, we don't, I don't have a way of knowing what the you know creators. Right. It's hard. It's, it's yeah. It's hard to rate what's what's exploitative and what's you know like like you said right. earlier when you talked to Sade about. Uh, have you ever felt fetishized on set versus being yeah. uh, celebrated? And my thing is, if it ends with a with a if it ends with a positive yield, sometimes you just got to be like, all right, you know, one hundred. Right. Like, if if I'm out here, you know, when I'm looking for grants and stuff, and, and it's just some rich white person that wants to assuage their guilt over there the way they got their ancestral wealth, and we're like, ooh, oh, he looks, oh, he's he's dreaded and and, and looks like a threatening <laughs> Negro man, and I'm gonna fund your your thing that's gonna profit generations of black kids and i'm like hey man i don't like the way you shook my hand let me turn down this money on principles like yeah yeah, yeah. Eh, at a certain yeah, point yeah, get yeah, over yeah, yourself yeah. Like, like get over yourself nigga like to a certain degree right. not you but like sometimes as generally we got to be like because i roll my eyes sometimes too like you know I, we watch sports like uh last night when they mentioned the uh the oak the the, the, the <clears throat> excuse me the tulsa massacre I was kind of laughing because, like, I could tell how uncomfortable the white dude who was on commentary sounded calling it a massacre and saying, you know, white folks showed, white, white folks showed up and assaulted these these good people, these Americans right. who had every. It, it was like he he was holding his booty hole together to not just say the wrong thing because <laughs> they losing their jobs. Spread that right. Spread, spread that message though. You gonna eat it? I don't give. I, I I had to I had to absorb your culture, your history as the standard my entire life. So even if you not really, even if you don't mean to put that black thing on your logo, the the, the motherfucker that don't want to acknowledge my my conditions or the conditions of my people, they gotta see it on your EA channel now. They gotta see it on your Javanchi. They gotta see it on this, that, and the third. So whether whether they're just doing it to ride the wave and avoid the backlash, guess what? The message is still going forward. Right, brother. You're right, cousin. We appreciate you, man. We you just slap the shit out of them when you see them niggas in person, though. You know, you, you still reserve I the might. right. You still reserve <laughs> the right to fuck niggas up. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Shout out to cousin, uh, my cousin Josie, man. We appreciate you. Man, I love, love y'all, man. I miss y'all, man. Miss you too, man. We gotta get the kickback popping again after the whole zombie apocalypse. Yeah, uh, after yeah, you know, I, I don't want to catch that Resident Evil Seven. That's the worst one. <laughs> no, bro, we ain't trying to get that cold veronica over here. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm yeah, good. man, appreciate you, bro. I'm gonna kill this tall boy, Hollis. <laughs> that's your blood cousin. That, that fella cool there. Me and him. Man, that's, man, that's the man, that's the black cousin. That's, that's the blood cousin. Hey, hey, that fella, that fella on point though. I wanted to add one more thing before I, I, I get off this thing, uh, uh, or because I know I took over your show. But um, with your wrongness, well, you know, I, I'm I'm right most of the time, and uh, this is one of them times. Uh, but anyway, 
I, I was I was fortunate enough to actually um, go to a talk uh, that Misha Green gave, who's the creator of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, before this was about three years ago, three three or four years ago, when she was at ABFF and she was talking about how she got the show funded and and it was kind of hush hush because it wasn't it wasn't out. Um, you know, they were still in development and still in talks. But one of the one of the key points that she mentioned was that she did not want to do. You know, she did uh, under uh, was it underground? Yeah, underground. Right. And she wanted she she mentioned that she was tired and to your point of doing those kinds of shows, but she mm-hmm. wanted to do something that was rooted in some form of reality that talked about black people's lives and mixed the horror element in. And I think that you know that is what she's achieving here uh, with this with this show. Uh, and just to see it come to fruition from her speaking about it, I saw the 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 sizzle for it that she pitched it with and to see it come to fruition like this um i think it's it's great representation it's for someone who as me that i work in the industry and seeing this come come about um it's it's definitely not going to solve all our problems and address all our issues but i think it's it's a great way for us to start to have these conversations so Kudos. I feel that, man. And shout out to black women for out here doing it, because that's, that's what they do. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely not going to sit here and just, like, rag on a show it's created by a black creative who's been very successful thus far and everything. Just wanted to keep doing things. Um, hope she, you know, just continues to push her art further and further. And, um, like I said, man, we're going to come back. We're going we're gonna to have a <laughs> roundtable at the season finale. I don't know how many episodes this thing is, but um, at the season finale, man, we're going to come back. Yeah, it's an HBO show with black people. You know it's eight episodes, man. <laughs> right, probably <laughs> thirty minute episodes. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all's thoughts and concerns and general wrongness. But anywho, we got we're on the end of the show, man. We're gonna go ahead and shout out our um, thirst of the week real quick. Uh, this is a good, good friend of the show, Miss um, Candace Johnson. Uh, she is super, super, super insanely dope. She is the founder of, but I'm not a critic. Um, she, I think we have, let me see. Yep, one second, I'm pulling it up. That's oh, okay. He's good. Uh, while he does that, yeah, Candace is the founder of But I'm Not a Critic, though, which is a space for healthy, intelligent exchanges about music, blog, um, about music via blogs, podcasts, articles, and live shows curated by a culture that nerdy 20-something and her music-loving friends. Um, Candace is all around very, very dope individual. I've known her for a couple years now. Um, she has had a phenomenal show called The Glow Up, which has featured many, many South Carolina um, faves, including Pat X, good friend of the show, who's been on the show before, uh, Rayla June, who's insanely dope, and my good friend Miller, who I want to have on the show because he is ridiculously dope. I, I'm going to feature this woman in several of my shows. Um, and like, I, I know we easy to forget these artists during the pandemic, y'all, but check on your artist friends here in South Carolina. I know all my South Carolina peeps watching the show. If you're not in South Carolina, reach out to us. I, I'll put you on, put you in the loop because we got so many dope artists out here who are, you know, kind of struggling, disheartened by everything going on. Uh, a lot of them haven't been able to do shows like that. I've been fortunate enough to be able to do a couple shows, but I didn't want to do too much. I didn't want to do too much because, you know, whole zombie apocalypse and everything. But Candace has definitely been one of the trailblazers as far as putting on 
South Carolina and particularly Columbia artists out here with their shows, with their blogs, with their music reviews, other podcasts. This is a dope individual, man. You can check her out on IG at But I'm Not a Critic Though, on Twitter at B I N A C T 1, and her website is But I'm Not a Critic Though.com. Uh, check her out, man. Just, if you love music as much as I love music, this is the person you get in touch with. She's dope. She's amazing. She's beautiful. And yeah, man. Shout out to Shade for being our guest today. Um, thank you, Shade. Thank you, yes, Fed. Thank you, Fed, for your thoughts. Thank you, Jonesy, for coming in. This was a list. I'm so happy to be back and alive and well. So, we'll be back two weeks from now. For more dopeness. Patreon. Patreon. Patreon, yes. Patreon. Um, $5, $15, $25. If you want to get sponsored, you got events for a business, cut it out, help you with that. Um, prices are very low, but if you just want us to take $1,000, we'll do that too. Either, either way, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. I mean, it's not our team.